Welcome to the Ether. Today is Thursday, February 2nd, 2023. Today on the Ether, the Babylon AMA, hosted by Juno. Let's take a listen. We're just going to wait a few minutes for people to join. We're going to start round four. So, super stoked. Let's go. Tell corporate. If we could get Babylon added as a speaker, that would be amazing. Um, so I guess while we're waiting, some exciting news in alpha for people that joined early. There's going to be a prop up next week. It's going to be really cool. It's going to be groundbreaking. It's going to be awesome. Guess what it is. Oh, yeah, David's joining. All right, well, that, that can wait for later. Hello, hello. Hey, hey, what's up? Testing works. We're, we're good. We're live. It's the Juno Babylon AMA. I'm your host, Dow Maximalist, I mean, Corporate Maximalist, and we have an amazing guest today. David, do you want to say a little bit about yourself, you know, just like a quick intro uh, for, for those of you who are not familiar with your work? Uh, David's an OG, um, but yeah, introduce yourself. Great. Hey, so great to chat with you, Jake, today. Um, yeah, a few words about what I, we're working on. We're working on this project called Babylon. Uh, we've been working on this project for a year. The project uh, is a spun off from research we do at Stanford. So at Stanford, I run a research lab focusing on consensus protocol design, new consensus protocol design. We have a bunch of fantastic students I work with and uh, we have collaboration with various industry projects for example we have a we have an ongoing collaboration with the ethereum foundation we help them to improve their beacon chain proof of stake consensus protocol leading up to the merge so yeah so through that research we learn quite a bit about uh, proof of stake protocols proof of work protocol and um the Babylon project was sort of born based on that broad understanding. We're going to get really deep in the Babylon project. Uh, it's one of the projects I'm most excited for in Cosmos and really, really excited to uh, talk about the implications for the Juno community. Uh, but I think before that, it, maybe just you want to talk like just a little bit about like your journey in crypto because, you know, like, yeah, how, how did you even get involved in like designing like consensus protocols? Yeah, so my journey in crypto. Okay, so I should say a few words about what was, what did, what was I doing before crypto? So for many years, I've been doing research on wireless communication technology. So that was my area, and I witnessed the rise on of wireless you know, 3G, 4G, 5G, and now everybody has a cell phone. This is amazing technology over a very short time. The penetration goes from zero to, I don't know, 5 billion of today, 5 billion people probably have cell phones today. And uh, so I contribute towards the research of that. And then I got kind of bored with it because it got quite mature. And then I was looking for a new area where there is an interesting research problems in infrastructure. And I stumbled on this area called blockchains. And uh, I started with reading Nakamoto's white paper, nine pages only, amazing white paper, actually. It's really amazing. And uh, so I got hooked onto it. And I started thinking about some research problems. 
the first problem I looked at was a scalar, scale, how to make Bitcoin scalable. And so that was my first research problem. And then I started thinking about it. And uh, that's how I got into crypto. And then I tried to get a few students at Stanford interested as well. And then I was able to build this research group on consensus protocol research. Yeah, amazing. All right. Well, um, perhaps we should, you know, get into like sort of the meat in it, meat of it. And uh, let's let's talk a little bit more about like what what is Babylon and kind of what problem does it solve? And, you know, maybe we can talk about things at kind of a high level, uh, you know, and maybe dig a little bit deeper, especially we'll, we'll definitely have time for questions at the end. But yeah, I guess my first question is like, what's the like high high level overview of Babylon? Yeah, so the high-level idea of Babylon is the following, is that um, we think of the one of the most secure blockchain in the world. I think in general, people would agree that Bitcoin would be considered the most secure blockchain in the world. Uh, it is a very high energy consuming blockchain. Now, the only application on this blockchain is Bitcoin. So in some sense, one application is consuming all this energy. And so our thinking is that since we are already spending so much resource on this blockchain, we should consider it as a really viable public resource and for the whole blockchain ecosystem and not just for this one currency, Bitcoin. And so the project idea is to say, hey, with all with this security, is there a way to kind of taper tap, uh, tape the security and use it to improve the security of the other blockchains in the world to uh, complement and improve overall security of blockchains in this entire blockchain ecosystem. So that was sort of the uh, beginning idea of the project. Is, is this high level, is this high level enough or too high level? No, I, I, think, this, I think this is perfect. Uh, I think this is perfect. You know, it's really dangerous when you get two devs up to like do a space like this. Cause <laughs> no, I think, I think this is good. I think this is like, I think this is high level thumbs up. If this is like the right level of, you know, I don't see any thumbs up. <laughs> anyway, I, I think this is I think this is the right level. Let's, let's keep going. <laughs> All right, so so that that's really cool. I mean, it's a really awesome. Like, Bitcoin already exists. There's all that amazing hash power behind it. Like, why can't we use that to like help secure proof of stake chains like Juno? Um, can you talk? Maybe maybe we can get like a little bit more into the weeds. Uh, how does Babylon work? Yeah. So, I know that I know this is a dangerous question. We might lose some people here, but you know we're going to try our best to keep it explained like I'm five. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, all right. So uh, Nakamoto in the white paper. Let's start with the white paper. He or they made this interesting point, which is that what they want to create is what they call a time-stamping server. That is, the server reliably provide a timestamp for every Bitcoin transaction. And that allows a have a decentralized consensus machine. Now, our technology, Babylon, brought this idea of timestamping to beyond just timestamping Bitcoin transactions. And you can use it to timestamp in other timestamp, all the transactions in any of the proof of stake chains. So that's the goal, is that every proof of stake chain, every transaction on those chains will receive a Bitcoin timestamp on the Bitcoin network. So it's like a clock. So you can think of Bitcoin as like a clock, a very reliable clock, and you get a timestamp from Bitcoin. And that is kind of the primitive by which we can use to provide security. Because if you think about it, security 
in a blockchain is really a reliable, immutable ordering of transaction. So a timestamping server is precisely giving you this ordering. Really cool. So uh, I'm going to try to explain like I'm five back to back to you. Uh, so we're basically, you know, uh, taking like transactions that happen on a chain like Juno and, you know, uh, we are like putting like, like maybe like a roll up of those as like a, a, as a hash on like the Bitcoin uh, blockchain to verify state. Is yes. that, is that somewhat accurate? Yes, exactly. The hash. So you can think of conceptually, you are, uh, have a hash of the block of a Juno block. And that hash will go into the Bitcoin network. Yes, at a high level, that's what's happening here. We can go into a little bit more detail as to how to. So, okay, so there are two. There, I think. Right, I'm gonna ask. Can I? Can I? I'm gonna pretend I don't know anything about this. I'm gonna try to ask dumb questions. But you know, the Juno you know, blockchain is pretty fast, and like in the next upgrade, we're hoping to make the block time even faster. You know. Bitcoin transactions, you know, they, they take a while, right? The blocks are like 15 minutes or whatever. Um, so how does that yeah, work? Yeah, 10 minutes, 10 minutes. On the average, each block time is 10 minutes, okay? All right, so when the block, when a Juno block is first created, okay, then it will not get a timestamp, okay? And it will take a while, 10, 15 minutes, before the timestamp first appear in the Bitcoin network. So that's when the next block of Bitcoin is generated and it contains the hash of the Juno block. Okay. So in other words, the timestamp will take a while to appear. So that's correct. Interesting, huh? So, <laughs> so therefore, that's right. So therefore, when you confirm a Juno block, you usually, how fast is the Juno block? Is it one block every few seconds, two or three seconds? What's the block time? Uh, yeah, it's about five or six seconds, like typical Cosmos chain at the moment. Five, five or uh, six seconds. We're, we're working on speeding that up, uh, which is definitely possible. I mean, Evmos is getting like two blocks or two second blocks, you know, um, so that's very possible. Um, but yeah, so, okay, that's really so, cool. Um, yeah, so that's right. So. So in other words, when you're running the consensus, you're running the Juno consensus, then you are confirming transactions basically at the rate or the latency of a few seconds, right? Five or six seconds, because that's the time when a block is created. And when you speed that up even further, then you can get faster latency, yes? Right? Yes, okay. correct. Now, Sorry. now, so, at this rate, at this at this time scale, you don't get any Bitcoin security. Okay. Now, however, if you wait, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes, then you will see a timestamp on the Bitcoin chain. Okay. Which means that if you want to get Bitcoin security, then for a particular transaction then you should not really confirm it immediately, but you should wait about, you know, 15, 20 minutes to get a confirmed timestamp on the Bitcoin chain. Okay. So you, one can think of Bitcoin security as a way of allowing you to confirm transactions in two ways. So first, if you have some regular transactions on say the Juno chain, then you can use the normal Juno transaction confirmation mechanism and confirm them fast, a few seconds. But then if you have some particularly important transaction, then you can wait longer and you let Bitcoin do the work to give you Bitcoin security. So this allows providing two levels of security one level to normal transactions and one level to really important transactions that can wait a little bit longer. Okay, that's super cool. Um, you know, what are, what are some of the other, like, you know, kind of maybe like implications of this? Like, uh, let's just imagine a future in, in the, uh, 
in the like ne- like a year from now when you know our, our projects are working together and like what does leveraging like can you just like kind of walk us through a scenario of like what like a, a proof of stake chain maybe Juno looks like in like the year 2024 Q1 or whatever where that's where we're using this like you know Bitcoin security um, you know is, is there still like 20 28 day unbonding you know do we do we need 28 day unbonding if like yeah so if, if it, so maybe maybe at this point I should go into sort of the use cases which is sort of what special transaction do you want to give this Bitcoin security to? Okay, and I think that will connect to the 28 days of unbonding question. So, so the use cases that we're looking at are multiple different use cases. Now it depends on what particular transactions on the chain you want to give Bitcoin security to. And the first use case that we have done a lot of work on, and that will be probably the first use case that we'll deploy is the transaction is the unbonding request. So if you send an unbonding request right now in a typical Cosmos chain, you wait 21 days, 28 days for the unbonding to happen. And using Bitcoin security, all you need to do is to wait until the timestamp, the Bitcoin timestamp of the unbonding request transaction to become confirmed on the Bitcoin chain, which typically take, if you, you want to be very secure, typically it takes a few hours, it's very secure already. In fact, uh, Coinbase, for example, when they confirm Bitcoin transaction, it, usually they wait only about 20 minutes or 30 minutes. But if you wait a few hours, then it's very secure, it cannot be reversed, never seen before in the history of mankind. So then once it's confirmed on the chain, then you can safely, allow the unbonding so therefore you can speed up the unbonding from 21 I mean, to 28 days to a few hours this is i think this is a great use case uh you know since you're here and you're a professor i think we're doing a good job at keeping it explained like i'm five i'm sure a lot of people are actually wondering like why do we even have that you know 21 28 day unbonding period i think uh, you know when people come to the cosmos or proof of stake chains they're like why do i have to lock up my token so long why is there why is there this unlock period in proof of stake do you think uh, you could kind of give a highlight yeah actually that's and... a very interesting question right a lot of people ask me this question hey why are we stuck with this stake for 28 days 21 days what's the point here so um okay so the point of this is the following suppose you are a client and you have left the chain you have not you're not in the chain and you left the chain so okay so when you're on let me, let me put this we, we call them validators so no no, no, no it's not a valid so it's not a validator oh, it's not a validator actually so think about an ibc shall we go to ibc or not right so in a blockchain there are two types of entities there are validators who are running the consensus and then their clients, which is observing the chain to get transactions confirmed. For example, IBC, there's a client at the end called IBC-like client, or a wallet, or capital wallet, is a client to the blockchain. Okay? Is that... So I, I have to start from that level to... Sort of like, oh, I meant, I meant to hit thumbs up. Yeah, that's... Uh, oh, yeah, there's great. thumbs up. I see it. Okay, got it. Yeah, I, I hit the, I hit the wrong one. Yeah, no, no, I think that I think that's great, uh, and I hope this is helpful to those listening. And I think it's you know it is a big question that people have is like why does this unbonding exist? Yeah, yeah. So continue on. This is great. So when so the question is now suppose think about it, you are a client and you are you have not you have left the system and now you come back to the system to check on some transactions. Okay, so suppose it's like I don't know two days, you have not been in the system for two days, you come back for two days. Now, the concern is that when you come back to the system, then the attacker, an attacker could present you with a attack chain, which have reversed some of the transactions. And you may be fooled, you may be fooled. And so the unbonding time is to make sure that the attacker could not do this, with after they leave, after they unbond the stick. Because before they unbond the stick, if they want to attack the system, they'll be slashed. 
So in other words, this unborning time is to make sure that any such attack is going to be slashable. So therefore, if you have unborn time of 21 days, then as long as you revisit the system to, in time less than 21 days, so-called a trusted period, then you can safely sort of resynchronize to the chain. So that's the whole reason of this uh, unbonding time. And this unbonding time in, implies a certain trusted period that you can safely resynchronize to the chain. Okay, cool, great. So, so that, that's a, hopefully like a good overview for some people, you know, um, and uh, yeah, this is, this is, this is really great. Um, so the unbonding period, it sounds like a really great use case for, you know, this kind of security and like, it's pretty exciting to have the potential to like, you know, speed that up. Uh, yeah, so there, maybe, like, other but maybe I want to add one more point though, uh, Jake, I, uh, because I want to, I want to sure. use that to explain why sort of the Bitcoin timestamp can help you to uh, reduce and burn time from 21 days to a short time. It's because once you have the Bitcoin timestamp, then you don't have to worry about this so-called long range attack by the attacker because you can now use the timestamp to figure out which one is the correct chain and which one is the attack chain. The attack chain will have a later Bitcoin timestamp. So that's why with the Bitcoin timestamp, you don't have to worry about this 21 days of unborning anymore. You can make it as short as the time it takes for the timestamp to become confirmed on the Bitcoin chain. So that's why the Bitcoin timestamp is like a clock and it tells the client that whenever they join the system, they can safely know which chain is the correct chain and which chain will be an attack chain. Super cool. Uh Okay. Okay. I got some more questions. And then also, you know, I am going to open up the floor to uh, folks to, you know, ask what, whatever uh, questions they want of the professor and, uh, you know, we'll have a fun discussion, but I guess, uh, you know, what other types of transactions might like kind of warrant this kind of like high security in, in your mind? Yeah. So um, one direction we're exploring is, um, high value transaction okay so suppose you want to move uh usdc into a chain and you have a large amount of usdc you want to transfer then perhaps you want to get bitcoin security because you know in any case for example in coinbase right when they do a bitcoin transaction they're used to waiting for 20 minutes 30 minutes anyway to confirm a transaction so that tells you that you know, some transactions really doesn't really need like split second or multiple seconds of confirmation. They can wait longer. Just like, you yeah, know, when I send a bank wire, I have to wait like, you know, three days for a bank wire. Yeah, exactly. So I, I was talking to a Coinbase person and he gave an example. He said that, you know, if you write a small check, then you may expect to immediately, immediately cash. But if you have a big transfer, then you want to go through a wiring and that takes longer time. So, and here we're not talking about multiple days anyway, we're talking about, you know, half an hour, one hour. So I think that's sort of an uh, interesting use case. And that's one thing we're working on. Amazing. Uh, you know, can we talk a little bit about like the, the rollout of, of these technologies and, you know, kind of like sort of the time frame yeah. you can expect to like, you know, start actually integrating these things like, all right, great. I think hopefully everyone's excited. Like, what if we could have, you know, like, Bitcoin level of security and like strong guarantees, like on a chain like Juno. Cool. Sounds fucking great. Let's go. But yeah, what's, you know, is this going to be like five years from now or like, you know? Um... No, actually, no. Juno is already getting the test net. It's already getting timestamp, getting Bitcoin timestamp right now as we speak. <laughs> so there's something magical about Cosmos, actually. So when we were talking earlier, right, it sounds as though that every block of Juno has to have a hash in the Bitcoin chain. Now, if you think about it, that's a not so good situation because in Cosmos, you know, there are 40, 50, 60 chains. If everybody like Juno is trying to put the hash of the block into the Bitcoin chain, 
Then as the cosmos grow to hundreds of chains, the situation is really quite poor because you know Bitcoin has very limited capacity for putting all this stuff, which is also not Bitcoin transactions per se. And so this is not a really scalable solution. So what Babylon does is it figure out that actually we don't need every individual chain to put the hash, put the hash of the blocks onto the Bitcoin network. Only one chain, the Babylon chain, needs to do this, and it can do this on behalf of everybody, everybody in the Cosmos ecosystem, for example. And the reason is because as long as Juno have an IBC connection with this chain Babylon, then implicitly uh, um, Juno is getting a Bitcoin timestamp on every block without directly putting the hash of the block onto the Bitcoin network. So in fact, on the Bitcoin network right now, there are no hashes of Babylon, of uh, Juno blocks. Isn't that funny? <laughs> I think we're gonna have to explain. That seems like black people, magic, so right? Like, that seems like black magic. I, I know, I know, but not everyone's like cryptographer, or like they don't know how to, like we need to, we need to explain like I'm five for people because I'm sure they don't, okay. they don't believe it. Okay. Um, so wait, how can I know that like we can trust the, the Babylon chain to do this? Like how would the Juno chain like, if the Babylon chain is putting like the timestamps on and like it's some sort of roll up of like all these different, you know, IBC client, like, I think we need to unpack this a little bit for people. Yeah. So, so to unpack that, we need to first explain a very basic thing about IBC. So IBC is like the crown jewel, right? Of the Cosmos ecosystem, or at least one of the crown jewel of the Cosmos ecosystem. Of course, Tenement, another key technology, uh, but I, uh, we call it com we call it Comet BFT now. So it's called Comet so it's Comet BFT. No longer yeah, we don't, no we longer tenement. We don't we we don't have to get into the yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm so, a little bit I'm a little bit behind here. I did see that word in the. Uh, this is like just happened, so you know, it's yeah we we yeah tenement's great. You know. Okay. In any case, I, I don't want. To talk, I'm not talking about tenement anyway. So let's not go there. Let's talk about IBC. So IBC is a really cool technology because it uses this concept of a light client. Okay, so the receiving chain maintains the headers of the blocks on the sender chain so that it can verify all the transactions or the messages that come in is indeed uh, authorized by the validators of the sender chain. So this is a concept of a light client bridge, and that's the, the sort of the key contribution of IBC. Okay, so one thing we discover is that just because you're maintaining a light client, which means that you maintain the headers of the Juno blocks, in fact, what you're doing is you are having Juno timestamp every one of its blocks onto the receiver chain, in this case, Babylon. Babylon is a Cosmos chain, actually. So it, if there's an IBC connection between Juno and Babylon, then Babylon is actually maintaining all these headers, which are just hashes of uh, Juno blocks. And so therefore, there's a time step. And we're, we're also maintaining the hashes of the Babylon. Yes, that is, true that, that, like that is true too. That is true too, it's reciprocal. But I'm kind of focusing on the direction from Juno to Babylon. And the reason is because Babylon is also, Babylon is also timestamping its blocks to Bitcoin, okay? So if you combine the two sets of timestamp, then effectively, you now have a timestamp of every Juno block onto Bitcoin through sort of two verification. One is the verification that your, your transaction is indeed timestamped onto uh, Babylon, and that's through one concept called Merkle inclusion proof. And then there's another proof 
which is the fact that Babylon also timestamp is blocks to Bitcoin. So if you combine these proofs, then you can verify that indeed uh, the checkpoint is the timestamp is made to Bitcoin in a trustless fashion. So you don't have to trust the Babylon validators because the Merkle inclu inclusion proof do not require trust. Okay, this is where we're, oh, this is, this is going to be really hard because I think we probably just said a bunch of words that a lot of people in the audience don't understand. Yeah, this is now getting a lot of to be really quite A lot technical. of people don't understand what, what light clients are and what Merkle trees are. And uh, yeah, all right, this is where, uh, this is where it gets hard. Um, <laughs> You know, maybe maybe what'd be good to do is maybe we can just finish up like some high level stuff, and then we can let people like come up and ask you know kind of more detailed questions, and maybe we can kind of like dive deeper into some of the topics of like kind of dive more into um, like like clients or you know how these like various proof works, and we'll try our best to explain like I'm five. You know, <laughs> you're a professor at Stanford. It's like you know normally we don't teach at the five year old level, but or maybe you do. I don't know. Um, no, no, no. I try. I always okay, try I, to get. I guess explain the thing to the simplest. Let's, so let's, thank you very much, of you. You know, no. I th I think you've done a great job. And these things are, you know, things like light clients and you know things like that. It's, they're pretty. They're pretty complicated. So, um, or they're not that complicated. It's just like a lot of new words and stuff for people who are not familiar. Um, let's let's try one last time. Um, explain like I'm five. We're the Juno chain. How do we like you know verify that like. Uh, we like the Juno chain has been like time stamped correctly, or how might someone who let's say someone's making that on unbonding transaction? Can you just make maybe walk us through like a flow of like years 2024, or maybe it's even later this year? Uh, someone makes an unbonding transaction, and uh, can you just kind of walk us through the flow of how that gets yeah, like, yeah, verified and yeah. validated? So you make an unbonding, a validator makes an unbonding transaction, the unbonding transaction um has a timestamp onto bitcoin on bitcoin that timestamp i think i think walk through the whole flow through ibc too because okay uh, you know i think uh like so we you know we have the, the light client with babylon and like let's let's just do the whole path and then we'll uh do like a high level kind of summary and then we'll open up for questions how does that sound okay yeah without a without some visuals it's rather challenging um task yeah, you know i actually do wish that like twitter spaces elon if you're listening it'd be really great if someone could like actually like present you know that'd be like really fucking awesome for twitter spaces but yeah actually why not why not uh, have add a whiteboard to twitter spaces we can write on the whiteboard and talk at the same time we don't need to show off faces. You know, yeah, you know, also maybe maybe we can next time we can just do like a, a YouTube video or stream instead of uh, instead of this. But let, let's try our best. Let's do um just like what happens from the unbonding through the IBC and ultimately to the Bitcoin timestamping. And okay. let's just run through the flow. Good, good, and, good. Uh, All right. So you make a you make a uh, unbonding request about that it makes an unbonding request. That unbonding request gets into a block a juno block okay that juno block header gets into uh babylon chain through the ibc right so because it is a i because you have an ibc connection between babylon and juno juno block hash header will eventually enter into the babylon chain okay now that block, if you go forward, will eventually get timestamp into Bitcoin. Will eventually get timestamp Bitcoin. What does that mean? That means there is a bunch of a validator of Babylon perhaps sends that hash of the Babylon block into the Bitcoin network, and that hash appears eventually onto the Bitcoin chain. Okay. Now, Juno uh, has a Juno Juno chain has a um, interpreter to actually observe and interpret this timestamp, and and then this timestamp gets fed into the so-called unstaking module. So there will be a modified version of the unstaking module, which takes in. 
this timestamp information and say that, okay, if this timestamp is, let's say, 50 blocks deep in the Bitcoin chain, then we should all agree, we as in the Juno validators should all agree to let the unbonding happen. So that's the whole flow. Cool. Well, I'm sure people are going to have questions, but I kind of just wanted to like, uh, maybe just do a high level summary of like, you know, why I'm excited about this and, you know, um, maybe we can chat a little bit more and then we'll, we'll open up the floor. I'm sure people have lots of questions. Uh, but you know, I'm really excited about diverse approaches to security in the interchain. Like I, I really, you know, obviously I'm, I'm very excited about mesh security. Uh, I've actually even been looking into Terra Alliance lately. The only one I'm not excited about is interchain security because I don't think it scales well. But, um, but you know, when, when, uh, you know, we, we met at that, that talk, you know, I think, uh, this is also like just a really, really interesting approach, you know, like proof of work has this amazing amount of hash power behind it. And, you know, I, I just think that as we go forward, exploring what I consider like true interchain security of like how we want to secure all these different proof of stake chains, like we need the, the mix of options and, you know, uh, economic security is, is, is one thing, but like hash power and always being able to like identify like the right, right fork is like, just, you know, I, I just, I really think that as a community in the cosmos, it's like, I'm really excited about like the rich experimentation that is happening, uh, you know, with the concept of like how we make the interchain secure. So I guess that was like my kind of spiel on like, yeah, I'm, I think, I'm really excited I to think work we're together and explore of, what's possible. You know, we talk about, you talk about interchain, one thing we talk about is we're composing, we're using technology like IBC to compose different applications across the interchain, right? So here, I think what we're moving into an era of composing security, different types of security and compose them together. And different chains may want different trade-offs and they can sort of mix and match different types of security to suit their needs. So maybe that's one way of looking at it, composing security. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, I think from the Juno community perspective is, or at least from my perspective is like, you know, having a like a diverse array of uh, options is, is really great. And, you know, I, I plan for our community to like use, you know, kind of multiple solutions. And I'm really, really excited to, to be working together in the future and, uh, and going on this kind of interchain security journey. Um, it's going to be really exciting. Yeah, super exciting. Um, super exciting. I don't know, any last comments before I open up the floor and uh, and uh, if you if you have a question or comment, uh, just start requesting to speak, and I'll begin adding adding you. But yeah, David. Yeah. Uh, so I, while people are raising their hands, like uh, so, I do have what are your last, other thoughts. I do have a last ask uh, before the questions come. Is um, we're really trying to encourage the Cosmos community uh, to and to suggest some interesting use cases. We already got a few good suggestions on how to use this Bitcoin security. In other words, what are the interesting types of transactions that one wants to use the Bitcoin security for? And so, please, if you have any suggestion, uh, either send us a DM at Babylon Chain, Babylon underscore chain, go to our Discord channel, gg slash Babylon Chain, or just tweet it. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. Yeah, we got some pretty interesting, we got it's some just... pretty interesting suggestions actually in the, in the past few days already. Yeah, it's uh, you know, the more protection against forks we have, the better. Just having this, like, just yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Um, I guess uh, you know, since you're very knowledgeable about Bitcoin and stuff, and by the way, anyone has questions now. Uh, like just raise your hand. We'll we'll get you up here. Uh, and uh, but yeah, I, I guess I have one more question while we're waiting for people to stack. Or maybe they're all just like wowed, and they just want it. Like you know, they're speechless. So. Um, <laughs> but uh, I hope it's not uh, because of my horrible explanation or something like that. Or or maybe that maybe they're just like 
like going on Wikipedia and just being like Merkel tree, <laughs> like client, IBC. Did I? Did I? Did I go off the deep end? Did I go off the deep end? Did I go off? I think there was there's like the, the thing about like you know these spaces is like there's no way to not go off the deep end. Like you can do like the high level thing of like Bitcoin level security in the interchain. You know Bitcoin level security on Juno. Great. Like that's like the TLDR, but like to actually like go through like the details about like how these things work, it's like inevitably it gets messy. It's like mesh security. It's like you can do like the high level overview of like the chains are securing each other, you know, through like cross staking and economic alliances and stuff like that. And then when you have to like explain how it works over IBC, it's like you wind up talking for a really long time. So um, yeah, so I think we're the same. I think that's a good analogy. Actually, that's a good analogy. Because you know, once you get to yeah. IBC, then it becomes like a very mechanistic, right? Mechan mechanistic. And yeah, IBC is so cool. And that's why we need a whiteboard there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, people people get pictures, you know. Um, next time, next time. Well, I think we should. We're gonna be doing more of these. Like, I'd love to have another. Uh, maybe spaces is not the. I love spaces, but maybe it's not the best format for these kind of more technical discussions. I uh, want to do with uh, one with Sunny, and we're going to do uh, mesh security. I'd love to do a video call with you because I think if we had like some actual slides and stuff, it might make a lot more sense to people. And uh, you know, um, I think we we should do more of these kind of like pie in the sky technical talks or whatever for those who are interested. It's great, yeah. Um, Happy to do. It. I, I do. You know, I think I think that they, I, I do have another question for you as as someone who's like you know quite knowledgeable about Bitcoin and proof of stake, like. You know, is there a way, like, you, you've probably been following some of the latest Bitcoin developments, and uh, is there a way that, like, you know, for example, like, a smart contract on Juno could, like, eventually send a Bitcoin someday through Babylon Chain? A smart contract on Juno? Send or just, like, to Bitcoin. You know, do you have a, do you, or, let me, let me rephr rephrase this. Do you have any thoughts of like the roadmap to something like you know Bitcoin like being available in I IBC in like a wrapped manner, or is that not possible? Oh, okay. Let me understand this question a little bit more. So, uh, how do how can we get like native like Bitcoin in the interchain? You know. So uh, there's a project right called Nomic. Is that does that do what you are asking or? Yeah, and I, I think Nomic's a good a good project. Um, you know, I think uh, uh, I have some thoughts on it. Like having to like rely on this like sort of proxy is a, uh, albeit a decentralized one, is like not necessarily the same as like directly being able to like submit transactions to the like um, Bitcoin blockchain. I'm kind of just spitballing here. Um, I like the idea of like threshold encryption and like DAOs being able to like, you know, hold like, you know, like effectively private keys for like control Bitcoin wallets like on chain. That could be cool. Yeah, I don't have any, I don't, well, Babylon is not designed for that kind of use cases. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, well, you, you know, focus is good. Focus we is are, good. Sorry, yeah, that, we're really focused like on the a, security. We did not really think much about yeah. the, no, I think the the currency, yeah, the the, the asset. I think that's actually that's the right way to that's the right way to go about it. And yeah, love what you guys are doing. Um, super excited to like keep collaborating and exploring what's possible together. And you know, also excited for like you know uh, like having like like Juno IBC like headers like like even if by proxy, like just having that state in the Bitcoin blockchain, like that's, that's really cool. Yeah, you know? that's right. That's um, right. All right. We, we have a question. Let's, let's go. Just uh, yes. waiting for him uh, to connect. First of all, awesome space. Triano, what's up? How's it going? Can you hear yeah. us? Can you hear me? Yes, okay. we can hear you. What's, what's awesome up? space. Uh, I had to took some notes, but this is awesome. Um, I wanted to ask about uh, one uh, use case that uh, you mentioned it before, um, uh, the unbounding period by using the Bitcoin stamp. So uh, I'm cu curious about the implica impl implication on liquid staking. 
because the unbounding period can be useful for um, protect, protecting uh, stakers from uh, slashing. So the way I imagine it right now is like, let's say I have 10 Junos and uh, I can stake five of them and those uh, Juno are uh, can be liquid staked and five Juno can't be liquid staked but they have like an instant unlock I don't know if that's the way uh, for implementing that I, I'm curious uh, so this is so the question about like liquid stake versus you know um, versus you know what we're talking about with like fast unbonding like yeah I, I guess uh, okay, cool. I think I get what you're what you're saying is like, why would I need this when I can just like liquid stake assets, right? Yeah. So we we actually yep. we're actually uh, thanks for the question. We are actually doing a blog article on analyzing the impact of reducing unborn time on a liquid staking protocol with a stride uh, with Aiden and stride. And what we found out, one interesting thing we found out is that uh, reduce. So in a liquid staking protocol, a very very important goal is to maintain a peg between the stake token and the to the native token. So make sure that the price is very close together because once you depeg, then sort of everything falls apart. And what we found out is that. If you reduce the unbonding time, it would make this make the pack more healthy. More the more the, the two the two uh, tokens are more close, much closer in value. So that is a pretty long story to explain why that is the case, but that's the result analysis, and we will very soon publish the blog to explain that. <laughs> I have some other thoughts in, in a slightly different direction of, you know, I think uh, liquid staking protocols are fine. We have them. They're like quite powerful in many ecosystems, but, you know, there's also some risks to using them and there's, uh, you know, um, and so, you know, I actually think that if, if like the unbonding period was four hours instead of 28 days, like that might mean more Juno is just natively staked, which I trust more. There's a lot of like, interesting impl implications of, of liquid staking in certain ecosystems. For example, like who, which validators do they delegate to? Uh, what, you know, what do, do like, you get to vote with your liquid stake tokens or does that like go to big DAO like Lido? Um, you know, and then like also just like percentage control over like a network. Like if you look on Ethereum, like, you know, Lido controls like a huge amount of it. Um, and so, there's some risks to liquid staking providers and I, you know, I think that they'll even exist. Like you can totally see a use case for having a liquid stake token. So you don't have to wait four hours or whatever. But I, I do, one of my hopes is like, if this was an option that it would kind of re really like decrease our reliance on them somewhat. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you for answering my question. It's complex. Yeah. Liquid staking implication on security is a very complex problem. It, it, it should be another Twitter space. Yeah, we should just do more of these. I actually really like these kind of like, you know, just get two smart people on stage, try to explain like their five to like their best of their ability. And uh, um, all right, uh, Zen Chain Labs, what's up? What do you have? What do you have for us? What are you thinking? He's connecting. Say hi when you're connected. Hello, can you hear us? Yes, Zen. Nice to meet you. Zen. Zen, do you have a question? I guess silence is the answer. Oh, sorry about that. I was uh, chatting with myself. Sorry, my mic was on mute. Hi, David. Hello. Hi. Uh, we actually had a quick chat uh, about this, uh, about Babylon uh, in, in Medellin, if you recall. And um, I kind of put across a question to you, uh, a, scenario, a couple of scenarios. And I, I'm just, my question will be like how you've managed to deal with that going forward. So, and it touches a little bit about what, what you've just uh, talked about with regards to unbonding times, but not particularly as it pertains to liquid staking. Um, so, 
in and of itself, the 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 unbound, unbounding times that we currently have, uh, they act as some sort of security, you know. So you can imagine we've had cases in the recent past where, you know, wallets are hacked, and you know, but 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 the the hackers are not able to take out the the funds quickly, right? So they're they they're stuck with having to wait for the fourteen days or twenty eight days. So I kind of raise this uh, to you, and um, and and I'm curious how how. The, the your conversations with different um, chains in in the ecosystem, uh, if if this has come up at all, like it, there's there's a huge advantage to quicker uh, unbounding times. But uh, what what about the implications when when this this I, now you know stops being some 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 form of security? I think that's a, a great. I think that's a great question, and I'll provide actually my perspective first, even though David you can certainly answer. Uh, I think that that's, you know, that is actually a good point, but there, there are some other benefits to, you know, the things like you, you brought up a really good point about like theft, like, you know, um, though, you know, I think that, 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 that could be like controversial in many, in many different chains. It's, I, I still think a valid point. Um, you know, but I think also like the point of Babylon and leveraging Bitcoin security, you know, is, is about like enabling these kinds of use cases and also providing like you know, other kind of benefits, like, for example, being able to, like, prevent, you know, forks and, you know, in, in, increase the validity of, of, of state. Um, and so, yeah, we have, we, there's probably a lot of talk about use cases. And, uh, you know, we talked about high value transactions as well. Um, that's certainly a, a very interesting use case. But, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I, David, what do you, what do you think? I, yeah, I think that so the... They, yeah, so I think the way I think about the Babylon technology or Bitcoin security is to give the designer or the governance or the community more choices in terms of choosing the unbonding time, right? So right now, the 21 days or 28 days is chosen because of certain security concerns uh, of long-range attack. And the unborn, the using Bitcoin security can reduce it to a few hours, but perhaps because of these some other concerns that Zen mentioned, uh, one does not want to go all the way to a few hours. Maybe one wants to do it for one day or two days, but that still leaves a very large range of degree of freedom for you to design your blockchain. Uh, so I that's how I view. And that, you know, th those considerations could be important for some blockchain, maybe less important for other blockchain, or maybe you can even couple the in some incentivization with the unborning time, like, you know, longer unborning time, maybe higher yield, that kind of thing. So I see sort of Babylon or, or Bitcoin security as sort of just providing you with uh, much more flexible uh, design space. Does that make sense? Does that? Yeah, it does absolutely. Thank you very much. Yeah, I I, I, I foresee a situation where you know a hybrid situation like that, uh, giving more choice to to you know putting a lot of building in a lot of choices uh, into the system to say you can toggle this on or off or. But thank you very much. That answers the question. Yeah. Thank you, Zen. All right. Any other questions? We are ne nearing the top of the hour, but if there's any last questions, just request to speak. Don't be afraid. You can you can ask and you know, be like, ah, we didn't understand any of that. Please uh, explain again. Um, there's there's no bad questions. Go in once. All right. So so, um, Jake, if there are no questions, can I take this thirty seconds to do some advertisement? Because there are few, yeah, yeah let's, there are a few things go. happening of our project that I want to you know let more people know about. Um, okay, so we are launching number one. We're launching our testnet. We're launching our testnet next week, and on our testnet we'll be integrating with seven chains, seven Cosmos chains, including Juno, of course, one of our early supporters, uh, Osmosis. Uh, say uh, and uh, four other chains. So uh, we've, we're excited about that. And second is we are organizing a inter, what do you call it, share security summit in Eve Denver 
on March 2nd. So if people interested in, in understanding the various aspects of shared security, please do sign up. I'm going to be there. So yeah, come hang out with us. Um, and if you're a valid validator, uh, go check out the Babylon testnet. Um, maybe we can get some relayers going, you know, get, yeah, we are, great. we're getting a lot um, of support from the validator community. So please do that. Yes. Uh, Discord channel is GG slash Babylon chain. I see, uh, I see Todd out there. He's a block pain, one of our best validators. Yeah. Um, I see Pupmos. Hell yeah, Pupmos. Who else do I see? Anyway, uh, you guys go go check it out. It'll be fun. Great. Oh, and I see Steak and Relax too. I think. Uh, wow, they love. Anyway, uh, this has been a great space. We should, uh, you know, let's do let's do more like this. Maybe we can do a video next time, um, just to kind of make like break things down a little bit better. Um, if you had feedback on the space or, or questions, you know, feel free to. You know, leave a Twitter suggestion for how we want to do these technical spaces going forward. But um, I'm so excited for you know what you guys are working on, and really excited to be like one of the early adopters. So, hell yeah, um, yeah, David. Any last words, Jake? Hey, thanks so much for having me here. It's so great, so fun talking with you, and uh, thanks a lot for the early support of our projects. Yeah, for sure. You know, like. Uh, like I said, we, uh, you know, the, the future of shared security is we need diverse approaches. Mesh security is great. Uh, I'm, I'm even looking at Alliance, you know, seriously, I'm like actually reading through it now. Uh, and you know, like what you guys are doing is like absolutely fantastic. And, you know, between all those, we can make a super secure interchain and, uh, that's what I'm here for. So. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more. I'll, I'll see you at East Denver, actually. So. Yeah, definitely. All right. All right. With that, with that um, thank you all for listening in. And uh, go check out Babylon Chain. You can just see them uh, down there. Follow them on Twitter. And uh, follow David. And uh, talk to you all later. Peace. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was the Babylon AMA, hosted by Juno. Recorded on Thursday, February 2nd, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support now. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep your hands off when the play is a bust. Plain old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two. Help me see the three. Third eye open wide, checking out the scene. Razor beam focus, star scream jokers. Living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land fights back. With the cliffs at our backs, make a last stand matter. No one ever planned for the famine on deck. We was walking all erect with the dead man swagger. Sitting in a little den. Vision in the middle, men listen to the fatal man play a little ditty, then talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble pavilion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble pavilion. Little Danny vision in the middle, men listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty, then talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze, trying to make the next. But no one gave a shit till the drugs all dried up. Everybody died from a bad batch of Lysol, but it didn't matter. We was all hyped up when the pedal lit the metal. He just didn't have the right skill. Watched in the daytime till the night curfew. Rats in a cage till they make time to murk you. Got a little job that falls under my purview. We gotta get this mob away from the birds you gotta find cover wipe off the bird poop right off the work while you try on the worst juice blinded by perps who try to reverse truth slide like fox news just trying to lie to you eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants i can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis mock up a basement could call me resilient waiting for the internet to make me a billion Vision in the 
the middlemen Listen to the fiddle man Play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Spaces. <laughs>